Hello, my name is Sonia Sood, and I am a reporter for the Lancer Feed. Today, I am here with Mrs. Campbell, who has a special connection to the events that went down on 9-11. Do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Shannon Campbell. I am a science teacher here at Lafayette. I teach chemistry and physics. Before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you for uh, making the time to sit down with me and to share your story. I really appreciate it, especially with the sensitive topic. So from my prior understanding, I know you mentioned that you lived in New Jersey when 9-11 happened and that your husband worked at the World Trade Center. Is that correct? Yes. He worked for Bridge Information Systems. So how did you find out what happened? And like, who told you? So um, I used to work for Colgate Mamalov. Um, and the research and development facility. And on that day, I'll never forget it, uh, I was actually working on a side project. So I was in a lab, and um, one of the guys that I know came in, and he didn't know that my husband worked in the World Trade Center. Oh, wow. So he came in when the first plane hit the first tower, and he's like, oh my gosh, you're never going to believe what's happening. A plane just hit the World Trade Center. And yeah. I was like, Jeff, why? Like, you're just making, you know, like... This is a joke, right? Like, this can't be real. Like, he's playing some sort of trick on me. And he's like, no, this is real. And he showed me, uh, you know, the news announcement on on what was going on. We didn't, I mean, back then, that we didn't have great information on the internet and stuff. And I was just like, like, shocked. Like, I mean, I'll never forget. I ran into my office and I grabbed the phone and I tried to call my husband. Nothing. The lines were dead. Um, and uh, I tried his beeper because he had a beeper back then. Yeah. We had beepers. Um, and that was dead. And it was like, uh, and I, because we didn't have as much information then, um, it wasn't like I could just go to my computer and pull up the internet and get a live stream of what was going on. So um, I ran out of the building um, in, and got in my car and drove probably about 105 miles an hour like a maniac. Uh, down the highway uh, to get home and so I I got home so I could watch TV and see what was going on and be around not only my cell phone but the house phone. That makes sense and that must have been really hard for you. Do you know how long it took for you to get news that your husband was okay? Yeah it was it was quite a while because his tower had already fallen. I hadn't heard from him um, my family kept calling me and I'm like, have you heard from him? And I'm like, you're on the phone with me. He can't call me. So he did try to call a couple times, but the, all the phone lines were like blocked. I mean, like mm-hmm. there's so many, so much volume he yeah. couldn't get through. Um, so finally it was right around my daughter was in, my oldest was in kindergarten at the time. Um, and it was, it was right before her school bus came down the road. So she was half day kindergarten. So it was somewhere like somewhere around the noon area. So it'd been a many hours. Was your daughter aware that her dad was at the World Trade Center and did she know what was happening? So she, she knew he worked there because we, we'd go in and visit and he was up on the 58th floor, which is, Mm -hmm. I'm afraid of heights. So I would never like go in his office because his office had a window view. And um, that she would, she'd go and stand and press against the windows. So um, when I got home, the first thing I did was I called her elementary school and I said, hey, please tell me the kids don't know. And they're like, no, you know, we're keeping it really quiet here because we know a lot of the kids have parents that work there. So by the time she got home, she didn't know. And by the time she got home, her dad 
had already called me. Okay. So, so you were able to explain to her that he was okay? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So she didn't have to go through the hours of not knowing. Yeah. Did your husband explain how he got out, how he was able to get out of the building? Yeah. So he, like I said, his he had a window view, and he actually faced the first tower, which was the first tower to get hit. And even though they got hit up, like, in the hundreds, he saw, like, debris and stuff coming down. Oh. And when he worked there years before when there was a time that there was a terrorist attack where they put a bomb in the basement so that's what he immediately thought is like this is another bomb situation Mm -hmm. and so he got his floor and they started to evacuate um some people were trying to take the elevator and he's like no you know we need to we need to take the stairwell so he actually was um on the 36 30 something, 37 or whatever. I don't know. It's 20 years now. Yeah. So, um, but he was about in the 30s when this plane hit his tower. Oh my gosh. And he said, like, at first they were just walking down the stairs because it wasn't their building. Um, and then when it hit their building, their building wow. started to rock. He said it was like a sci fi movie. You know, like you <laughs> see those like sci fi movies where yeah. the building's like moving and you're like, oh, that's so fake. He said it was just like that. He said then people started running. And he said that, you know, one of the problems for a lot of people in that tower was before that happened, the security was telling them to go back to their desks because it was, they didn't want it, because those towers came out the same area, so they didn't want to inhibit any of the emergency stuff going to the first tower. So they wanted them to go back to their desks, and so some people did, and that was a problem. But (laughs) he wasn't going to stay. Yeah. He... He, he's like a very determined person, so he was, I'm out of here. Um, but he said once their tower got hit, people started to run. And so people, he said, but what the coolest thing was is that people who couldn't run down all those stairs, I mean, he was, at, he was on 58, so that's a lot of stairs. Yeah. He said people would pick people up and wow. carry them if they couldn't run. So he was, he, so the, there was a tra- train called The Path, and um, it went below it was like a subway it went below the world trade center that's where he got off every day yeah um and he so he went down to the path and went through the tunnels and came up so he was lucky because he didn't have to walk over dead bodies so he doesn't have those kind of nightmares that's good (laughs) other nightmares but not those whereas some of his co-workers actually went out on the first floor Mm -hmm. And so they had to walk over oh people goodness. who were jumping and... The he, chaos. Yeah. It, yeah. So I'm glad that he was smart enough to go through the path tunnels mm-hmm. to get out. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you or your husband personally know anyone who died or was injured during the attacks? Yeah. So um, a lot of people where we lived, we, we lived in kind of like a wildwood sort of situation in New Jersey. And so a lot of those people were commuters. And so our neighbors, our neighbors two down from us, the, they were an older couple. Their son worked in the World Trade Center and he did not come home. And a couple down from us on the other direction, um, the husband, he worked for Cantor Fitzgerald, which was the top of the first tower. None of those people made it out. And so that night, the family put um, these candles in bags, like tea lights, down the, the driveway. And they were on for six months before they finally, he never, I mean, they never heard, yeah. they never got any remains. 
Um, he never came home. So it was hard because we did, I mean, like our neighbors, we lost neighbors. Yeah. And he made it out. And so, like, the survivor guilt yes. is, is real. I mean, it's sense. one of the reasons why we moved to St. Louis to get out of, it just, it was hard to live there. Yeah, that makes sense. So after the attacks happened, how long did it take for things to start returning back to normal? Or did your husband go back to work? Or did you guys move after that? So um, fortunately, uh, the people I worked with at Colgate were like super understanding. In fact, my boss didn't know exactly where I lived. She knew my street. And so the, <laughs> she went door to door on my street until she found me Wow! to make sure I was okay and to be with me until, you know, we could hear from my husband. And, and so the, the, my Colgate was so, so amazing. And so I didn't go back to work for probably two to three weeks. I didn't have to leave. And I didn't want to, I mean, there's, yeah. I did not want to leave. All I wanted to do was stay with my family and mm-hmm. not go anywhere. So they were super, com- I, I mean, I don't honestly know how long it was, but it was quite a while before I actually went back to work. Yeah. And they paid me the entire time. Wow. So it was really amazing. He, they, they were off for quite a while because one, um, besides the trauma, um, everyone on his floor made it out, but not everybody for his, from his company made it out. Yeah. And so they were, you know, obviously they were much more understanding than Cantor Fitzgerald was, um, who tried to stop paying people. Um, but, uh, they, they didn't have an office. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot of office space. And yes. so it took them a while to come up with a space that they could go. And they, so what eventually, and I don't know how many months, maybe even six months before he started going in and it would just be like once or twice a week because they all had to share the same office space. Yeah. So it took a long time and we didn't move right away. What happened actually, and I I don't know how many people remember this, but a couple years later, there was a power outage across the whole East Coast. Oh, wow. And, um, And they thought at the time it was a terrorist attack, but we were both happened to be in New York City at the time. One, because he was working there and Colgate's main office was there. We were both stuck there because, and I was stuck on the subway, which was wonderful, (laughs) Um, being in a dark tunnel when the power goes out. Um, But after that, we were like, you know what? We need to, we need to move. And because they didn't really have office space, they had another branch here in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So we used that to, to move. That makes sense. And that's another thing. Back then, there wasn't the technology. Like, if something like that happened, like, God forbid, everyone would just start doing virtual work or, right. like, Zooms. But that wasn't available back then either. No. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he couldn't work from home. Yeah. Is there anything specifically that you would say it 9-11, what happened, changed your perspective on life and the way you see people? Um. Well, one thing that, and, you know, it's unfortunate that it takes a catastrophe to bring people together. Um, But I was impressed at how people came together, um, how people supported each other. And that, like, when the power went out in New York City, I mean, that wasn't too long after 9-11 happened. And people just set up, like, grills outside and started cooking for people. Wow. And so, like, it built a sense of community that didn't exist before. And so that was definitely a positive that that came out of it. Now, other things that were negative came out of it in terms of, you know, racial hatred for Muslims and stuff like that. Yeah. But I was impressed at how, I mean, New Yorkers are typically pretty, yeah. you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> Cold. Yep. <laughs> um, and that was one thing that it was really... That makes sense. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no, that's okay. I don't, I, you know, like, because... So when I first started here, um, it was in 2009. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, quite a bit from when 9-11 happened. And so we do that ceremony uh, in the morning. Yeah. And so my first year here, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to go to this. Mm-hmm. I lasted about five seconds before I was bawling. And then I was totally, I couldn't do anything else for the rest of the day. Yeah. So... Um, even now, I mean, this is actually, I've made it without crying, so that's good. Yeah. But, I mean, even today, we don't watch any movies that have to deal with 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a rough time yeah. of year, even 20 years later. So yeah. I don't know that I have dealt with this. Yeah. No, that's so, understandable. It's I mean, like, I'd like to say time heals all wounds, but... Yeah. There's you know, always something there. Yeah. Um, so, like you were saying, every year around 9-11, are there different feelings that resurface that usually you wouldn't think about? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning it was all the time, but now mm-hmm. it's really just around this time. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That I think about it. Or, like, if yeah. something, like, if there's a new movie about it, or, or like, it, you know, comes up, sometimes people ask about it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just around this time of the year mostly. I used to never work this on 9-11. Yeah. We'd always take that day off. So I have worked more often on 9-11 lately than I had before. Yes. And that's all understandable. So I think that's it. Um, Thank you so much for taking time to be here with me today. And thank you for talking about this because I know it's a difficult subject to talk about. So I really appreciate it. And thank you to all our listeners. To listen in on more episodes, go to lancerfee.press.